Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. This week on the podcast, we welcome an old friend, Dr. Jack Mitchell, who's got a great, just a great ministry that we're going to talk about here. Um, so this interview, the context of this interview at our school, at Rock County Christian School, uh, I was asked to do a missions, a world missions emphasis month. And so as part of that, I've been trying to uh, interview some missionaries and um, show that to the kids, uh, show the video of those interviews and talk about what it means to be a missionary. And so I thought, well, you know, if I'm doing that, I might as well, you know, uh, kill two birds with one stone, do some uh, podcasting as well. So I asked uh, Jack I said, uh, after the interview, and he agreed to uh, allow this to be aired more than just in my classroom. And so uh, this is, uh, Jack is just a great guy. He's got a great ministry, though he doesn't have a great job. He's a dentist. And if you're like me, that doesn't thrill you very much the idea of a dentist these people cause pain these people cause suffering but dr mitchell is a great wife and his wife uh jennifer have a great ministry that takes them literally throughout the world and being a dentist being a dentist opens up doors for him that other missionaries and evangelists don't have available to them and through through this ministry of dental work, people come to hear the gospel, or or people will come for uh, to fix their teeth, but they're going to hear the gospel. But he's got a fabulous testimony as well, and so I, I wanted you to hear this, and so we're going to be airing this interview. I if there's a couple of rough cuts in there, that's my editing. So I, I tried to take a few comments that only applied in my classroom with my students and tried to edit those out. So if there's a couple places that may seem a little rough, you can blame me. But so this is our interview with Dr. Jack Mitchell about his uh, missionary endeavors. Joining me here live via Zoom call, we have uh, Dr. Jack Mitchell. Jack, welcome. Well, thanks. It's uh, it's a joy to be here with you. You know, politically, I, I still hold a grudge a little bit for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about back the year was 2007 our country was in a state of disarray and a young man decided to throw his hat in the ring in a special congressional election the hope of a nation rested upon his shoulders yet unfortunately the- he lost <laughs> <laughs> he lost because he didn't have enough votes because some people um, didn't vote for him. And um, the judgment of God has been rained down upon our country ever since. And so I tried to do yeah. what I could do. But... That's why we left Massachusetts. <laughs> I don't blame you. But anyway, all right. So let's let's get down to business here. But you're a dentist. And... Sorry. So, so you're not a pastor, but you're a dentist, but God is using that ministry. So first, uh, tell us a little bit about just your testimony, how you came to know the Lord, and how all of a sudden a dentist becomes a missionary. Well, um, yeah, it's exciting. I'm always, I'm always excited to share what God did in my life. 
Uh, in some ways, it's it's embarrassing, but um, you know, um, you know, God works in different ways in, in each one of us. And I wasn't saved till I was 37 years old. I was raised Roman Catholic, um, and like any good person from Massachusetts was back then. And um, I uh, I wanted to be a dentist uh, so that I could make a lot of money. That that was my goal. I I used to be of all things a golf caddy in a private country club, and I got to caddy for a lot of doctors and dentists and lawyers. And so um, I saw I saw what you know what they had, and I wanted that for myself as well. So anyway, um, by uh, God's grace, even though I wasn't saved uh, at the time, by I feel it was by God's grace I was able to uh, get into dental school. And uh, I graduated in 1975 from dental school, and I started a business uh, pretty much right away. And uh, I was making money, and I was I was doing you know what what I always wanted to do. Um, but it it's not too long after you start making money that you you see there's a lot of a lot of things that come with that, um, a lot of good things, but a lot of a lot of negative things. And one of them is is you, you want to make more money. And um, and so actually in 1987, I was joining a partnership with another dentist <clears throat> uh, with, the, with the goal for both of us that we would have a bigger uh, business and, and we would be able to make uh, more money. So that was in 1987. I was 37 years old at the time. Now, back in 1974, my wife and I, um, well, we met in 1970, uh, 1970, we met, but in 1974, we were married and, uh, my wife was not a Christian, uh, at the time, uh, that I met her, but at the time that we were married, she was a Christian for two weeks and, um, she had, uh, talked with her sister and her sister shared the gospel with her. My wife was saved and her sister told her that, uh, she couldn't marry me because I was not a Christian. And um, my wife said, oh, this is such great news. I know that when I tell Jack, he's going to he's gonna believe this and he's going to accept the Lord as his Savior. And so uh, she shared the gospel with me. Uh, herself only being saved for two weeks. Uh, she didn't have a lot of Bible uh, knowledge or anything. She just had some verses from her sister and um, so when she shared the gospel with me, it sounded very much like what the Roman Catholic Church uh, taught, essentially. And so I knew, I knew, you know, Jesus Christ uh, died on the cross for the sins of the world. I knew he was God on earth. Uh, I, I knew all that stuff, and I believed that stuff. I actually believed the Bible was true, even though I had never read it. Um, and... Um, so uh, when she shared the gospel with me, it sounded very familiar. It sounded very much like what the Roman Catholic Church um, uh, believes and teaches. And so um, I, you know, shared with her, hey, I believe that, you know. And uh, and so she thought I was saved. She truly thought I was saved. And uh, honestly, I had no idea that she was a born-again Christian, uh, I'm not sure today uh, that I would have married her if I if I knew she was born again Christian because I really didn't want to have anything to do with born again Christians at that time, and uh, so it was kind of a weird circumstance 
but um, you know, we say that um, God allowed it to happen. Uh, we got married in uh, 1974. We've been married now it'll be 50 years uh, next year, um, and uh, it's by God's grace that we can celebrate 50 years coming up, Lord willing. But um, we uh, are stern, strict believers in in uh, not marrying an unbeliever. Hmm. Uh, my wife married an unbeliever uh, out of ignorance. She didn't realize that I wasn't. And uh, honestly, uh, for almost 14 years, it was a very difficult marriage. Um, it was really, uh, again, by the grace of God, we're still together. And um, it was... You know, uh, when you're not in unison completely as a married couple, there's going to be conflict. And uh, and there was, especially when our children came along. We had two children, a daughter and a son. And, uh, you know, Roman Catholics believe uh, baptism uh, uh, as an infant. And uh, so when I pursued that with our daughter, it caused a lot of problems. And uh, I don't know that we really ever got over those problems um completely um uh, and when our son came along a couple of years later i didn't even want to uh fight that battle again so uh he was not baptized as an infant and of course that caused a lot of problems in my family who were all roman catholic so uh it's just a lot of problems but um you know god was uh gracious and um he allowed us to stay together and I believe it's a testimony to my wife's faithfulness to the Lord um, that we stayed together. Her testimony before me um, was one of the main things that God used to, to save me. Um, but, um, you know, all that time uh, from from when we were married, I was concentrating mostly on my business. Um, we had the two children and actually our two children were saved at a young age. Uh, through my wife's uh, ministry to them. And uh, I found myself living with three born-again Christians. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was, uh, it's almost comical in a sense, you know, but uh, it was difficult. It was really a difficult uh, period of time in our lives. And um, so I was pursuing, as I mentioned, joining a partnership with this dentist. And um, at the same time, I had a, a, a woman who worked for me, as a dental assistant, and she had been out of work for about a year uh, with a back problem. And uh, so after about a year, uh, she decided that her back problem was my fault. Um, she felt that she said that she caught her chair on a ripple in a carpet in our office space and uh, wrenched her back at that time. It was basically a made up story. But um, she was suing me for $9 million. Wow. And uh, if that doesn't get your attention, nothing yeah. will. And I believe, you know, I believe that was of the Lord um, that he brought that into my life. Now, I had insurance, but um, still $9 million. I, I didn't have $9 million worth of insurance. But um, I, I felt sure that no one would believe her story because it was so crazy. Um, but as we... Went through the legal process. It just, you know, started occurring to me that, hey, you know, maybe people will believe this. And um, so um, that was really bothering me quite a bit. And then um, I was joining a partnership with this, another, this other dentist, and we were spending a lot of money 
to renovate office space for the both of us. Um, and at the same time, this again was in 1987. At the same time, I felt that there was a possibility that I might lose my family uh, because of the problems that we were having um, in my not being saved. And if, and I felt if we, if I did lose my family, it would be my fault uh, because I was not a very good person at the time. Um, and so uh, I'm just thankful again to the Lord for for my wife's faithful faithfulness and, and living her faith before me in a really difficult situation. And uh, when I started to feel a lot of pressure because of the money I was spending and the lawsuit going forward, um, I turned to my wife. And uh, she had shared the gospel with me a number of times before. But honestly, in my heart, I never heard the gospel. I, ne- I never, because I didn't want to hear it. I never heard it. And uh, so in March, <laughs> March 27, 1987, I asked her to show me some things in the Bible that talked about what she believed. And uh, she pulled out a sheet of paper with like 200 verses on it. You know, I think she was waiting for that day. And, uh, <clears throat> but I can remember reading, excuse me, one verse. And that was John 3, 3, accept me and be born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. And uh, as a Roman Catholic, believing that the Bible was true. And then when I read, you had to be born again. I'm like, no, I don't like born again people. But the Bible is saying you had to be born again to, to see the kingdom of God, to, to go to heaven. <laughs> and so I had to reconcile those two things. And, um, you know, we talked, my, my wife and I talked for a bit. And... Um, uh, that day, I trusted in Jesus Christ as my Savior, March 27, 1987. Wow. So praise the Lord for a faithful wife, faithful to the Lord, and faithful to me, you know, staying in a situation that really was not comfortable for her. So anyway, um, well, let me, so let me at, right away. Just, for a second, uh, just to say that, yeah. I mean, what what an encouragement that is, because I, I there are many people who are praying for someone's salvation year after right. year after year. And I think, you know, I've been in those churches where, you know, that one name comes up. It's like, you know, that's the guy's name that's tacked on at the end of the prayer time. Like, okay, oh yeah, pray for Jack because whatever, you know. Let's get, uh, but it happens. God works in great ways. God is faithful. Does, yeah. And um, yeah. God will, the, the prayers of a righteous person does avail much. And so it's amazing yeah. to see God work even in, in, in hard cases. Yeah, I was a hard case for sure. And, um, you know, my wife and I both are firmly, uh, firmly believe that, um, you know, you should never marry an unbeliever. Yeah. And we actually believe you shouldn't never even date an unbeliever um, because, uh, you know, anything can happen. So, um, again, uh, this does not happen often. Yeah. In a situation like this, that the spouse gets saved, it really does not happen often. Um, and, um, you know, so it, it did happen for us and we're just thankful for that. Well, yeah, that's, and that's good to, to note. I, I, I appreciate that you said that too. I don't want anyone getting the idea that, you know, we're, you know, evangelistically dating or, or marrying people. Yes. That, I, you know, I have seen, I, I have not seen one other example, uh, in my, you know, my situation, um, where that works. Um, that- it's usually the other way around that uh, the unbeliever will pull you away from the Lord. 
yeah um more than more than draw you in and as you said those four and, uh, years were difficult years that wasn't just like happiness and all of a sudden bam you get saved no it um, was a lot of it was not it was through that yeah i would not want to go through it again and uh like i said i i what i felt like i could lose my family because of it and um and that happens a lot as well but uh so God was good, and and we're just thankful. Um, I tell people my children had two fathers. Uh, they were they were eight and ten when I got saved. So for you know for the first part of their life they had an unsaved dad, and then after that they had a saved dad. I, I don't know what they thought. You know when I first got saved, all of a sudden I was changing. You know in front of them, and yeah. it's kind of difficult for them in some sense. But uh, praise the Lord. So. Um, Speaking of that being what we the Bible calls unequally yoked together, uh, right away I I felt that I could not continue in this partnership with this dentist because he was not a believer and now I was, and we were going to be tied together very closely, you know, financially and such. And uh, I just didn't think it was going to work. And so, uh, in the middle of us doing the construction on the building, uh, with the lawsuit hanging there too. <clears throat> I told him that I could not go through with the partnership. And uh, so he, he said, well, what would you, what, what do you want to do? And I said, whatever you think is fair, I'll do. I said, I just don't want us to end up in any, any kind of legal thing. I said, whatever you think is fair, I will do it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so uh, he said, okay, I'll think about it. And um, he got back to me and uh, <clears throat> the outcome was that, Basically, for me to to get out of the situation, um, I I had to give him my my business totally, uh, all my patients, my equipment, my share of the building we were in, uh, and I had to agree not to start another dental practice in that area for about five for five years. So uh, essentially, I gave him everything, and we ended up with nothing. Um, but, uh, I have never, ever, ever regretted that. I mean, it's just really, I just was thanking the Lord for, for letting me out of the situation, but it was a difficult time for us because we had nothing after that for a number of years. And, um, it was, uh, again, God's grace. We saw God work over and over and over again in our lives, but nothing more than, um, almost Almost to right after I told that dentist, you know, that I wasn't going to join him in partnership, I got a call from a lawyer saying that the lawsuit had been thrown out of court. Um, I don't know what, for what reason or anything. I don't know anything about it other than the fact that it disappeared from my life. And I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, that God brought it on uh, to get my attention and um, and then when his purpose was complete, he took it away. Mm. And um, so I, I just really, I really believe that. And I believe oftentimes, you know, as a Christian, we have, we, God brings difficulties, trials in our lives for purpose. And we don't always know why, um, you know, and we may never know why until we're, we're with the Lord. But sometimes we do know why. Mm. <laughs> we find out why later on. And that's, that's how I feel about that, that. God brought that so that I he would get my attention and um that I would pay attention to what 
the Holy Spirit was was trying to tell me. And um, so uh, anyway, we're just we're so thankful <clears throat> and uh, try to keep it a little bit brief. But I'm sorry, I'm just getting over a cold. But um, anyway, I didn't know what I was going to do for for income or anything uh, at that point. I didn't have any dental equipment. I couldn't start another business. Didn't have any money to do it anyway. And uh, I got a call from Tufts Dental School, where I had gone to dental school, and they were looking for a dentist to supervise dental students using portable dental equipment in nursing homes. Hmm. Um, all I had to do was sit there and watch these students take care of these elderly people using this portable dental equipment. And uh, I didn't even know what that was, you know, at the time. And uh, so they had a grant from the government. And I just had, it was a day and a half a week for me to sit there and watch. Excuse me. But after six months, they called me and said they lost the grant from the government. And they had to stop the program. But they told me I could keep the equipment until they needed it again. And I could use it for myself. To, to treat patients myself and, and gain an income that way. And um, it was about $15,000 worth of portable dental equipment that God just gave me. And I actually had that equipment for five years before they needed it again. So, um, so you know, I, I just praise the Lord, you know, for that. And so I was using that equipment in nursing homes. And I also... As I was growing in my faith at that stage, I started treating missionaries with that portable equipment. I would actually set it up in my home, and I would treat missionaries that that I came in contact with for free right in my home there with this portable equipment. And uh, so I got to know a lot of missionaries that way. And then uh, one of them asked me, he said, you can take this equipment anywhere. I said, yes, it's portable. I just need a source of electricity. He said, well, you could take this to Africa. And I said to him, why would I want to do that? And he said, you know, there, he said, well, there's a lot of needs in Africa. You know, this was at the time that AIDS was very big in, in Africa in particular. And uh, he said, we really need somebody we can trust to, to help us with our teeth and, and African people as well. So. Um, so that was around uh, probably uh, 1990 or so that he asked us to go. And, uh, of course, we didn't have the money to do that, um, but we told him that we would pray about it and see. And I talked with some people. And so in 1994, my wife and I and our two children went to Senegal, West Africa, for a month. And uh, it, was, it was great. <clears throat> you know, we... It's exciting for us. We've never done anything like that before. But excuse me, we have been praying, my wife and I. We wanted to serve God with our lives. We didn't know how. And I told God actually that I would I wanted to serve him with my life completely, um, full time. But um I, we were praying that God would show us how. And I, I told the Lord, even if I wasn't a dentist, I I still wanted to serve him. And so we we went on that trip. And we came back, and we thought it was nice, but we said we'd probably never do that again. And then we met another missionary uh, from Papua New Guinea, and he asked us to go there. And um, so 
1996, we went to Papua New Guinea. And, you know, God provided everything we needed, both trips. Uh, you know, it was unbelievable for us to see how God provided the finances to do that. And we were in Papua New Guinea for a month. And to this day, I've, I think I've done almost 100 different trips around the world. To this day, that was the worst in 1996, going to Papua New Guinea. I don't have time to really explain all of it, but it was just the worst. Um, but God used that trip to show us that he wanted to do this full time. Because we saw two things there. One, we saw the faithfulness of God. Because almost daily we had problems there. But same thing, almost daily, God helped us with the problems we were having. It was very obvious to us that God was working uh, in the situation that we were in. And so uh, we saw that. And then the second thing we, we saw was that people would hear the gospel by going to the dentist. I mean, for me, that was like, that was like crazy. Who had, who ever heard of that? You know, that you could use dentistry uh, to bring people in contact with the gospel. And so we came back from that trip um, knowing that that's what God want us, wanted us to do um, with our lives. And so we actually started a ministry back in 1996 uh, of traveling uh, with teams, going overseas, doing medical clinics uh, in mostly third world type countries, uh, providing medical dental care, but focusing ministry on evangelism, presentation of the gospel. So praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Well, I will we, say whenever I go to the dentist, my prayer life skyrockets. And I can <laughs> pray a lot more than I've ever prayed before. And asking for God's mercy and grace. But <laughs> so you've been traveling across the world and um through through the the uh the open door that God provides you that you may not receive had you just been uh just a, a regular preacher or um evangelist, but because you're providing a service that's so desperately needed in in other parts of the world. Uh, God has allowed you access to places that others may not go to. And therefore, people are hearing the gospel that may never have heard it otherwise. And so can you tell us a little bit about what happens when uh, you go into, so you set up shop um, in a particular area. What What's kind of the next step? How do you bring people in and, and how do you actually share the gospel with them? Well, we, we work closely with a, either a missionary on the field that we know or, or a national pastor. Let me take a sip of my coffee here. So, or a national pastor who is either wanting to start a church in a particular location or um, is uh, trying to um, develop that church that's already started. So I'll just share this one experience in 2013 and give you a kind of a picture of what happens. So uh, my wife and I went on this trip. There was just a couple of us uh, on this trip, and uh, we were working with a missionary who wanted to start a church in this particular location in, some, in uh, Zambia, in Africa. And he took us out to this village about an hour from the city that he lived in, and we set up our equipment outside under a tree. Um, he had a generator. We plugged into his generator, and we were taking care of people's teeth. And uh, 
During that time, the missionary that we were working with was sharing the gospel with people that were waiting. So people come, they sign up, they register to be seen, but then they have to wait. Uh, Sometimes they have to wait all day uh, to be seen. And so during that time, they're hearing the gospel. Um, And so uh, this was in, in the month of September that we went to this location, and people were saved during that time. Um, not a lot of people, but a few people were saved. And the missionary, after we left, continued to go to that village. And he would have Bible studies on a regular basis there. And more people got saved. And by December, he actually had a church, uh, started in that, in that village. Now, when I first heard that, I said, no, it's, it's too quick. You can't have a church planted that fast you know but he had a number of people that were saved i mean it was just god's timing i guess in that particular place and uh not too long ago uh two years ago we were back there in that church and we actually had our equipment set up in that church and we were uh, having another ministry we had about 200 people come every day uh for medical and dental care um and so god is still using that particular ministry but um we tell people that that evangelism is the is the is the uh the goal that's that's the priority in the ministry if if we're not sharing the gospel it's not missions yeah so i mean it's humanitarian um so the the primary need of these people is spiritual so they come thinking that their primary need is physical and so we want to help them with that um, but we also want to tell them that really their primary need is spiritual. And so we share the gospel with them. I jokingly tell people um, it doesn't help you to have perfect teeth uh, when you die. It's not going to help you to get into heaven yeah. uh, to have perfect teeth. What's going to help you is that you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, perfect teeth or not. You know, so, um, you know, that's what they need to hear. And uh <clears throat> Yeah, it's a joy for me, the biggest joy for me to be sitting at the dental chair and have them bring in the next patient and tell me this person just accepted the Lord as their savior. That's what it's that's what it's all about for me. You know, I sit there pulling teeth a lot of times, you know, all day long. And it's like, you know, why am I doing this? And then somebody will sit in the chair who had just received Jesus Christ as their savior. And for me, there's no greater joy. You know, it's just really exciting. Um, so praise the Lord. Um, well, yeah, as a teacher, I feel great. like I'm pulling teeth every day, too. Um, uh, probably harder. You, you have a harder job than I do. Yes. I, I Yeah. What I love about sure. your story is, you know, you're you're going all across the country, all across the world, and, and, and doing these, quote, unquote, humanitarian uh, endeavors. But you're not doing this because you're a nice guy and you like a lot of people or you have just have a passion for dentistry. But you have experienced the grace of God in your life. God had to get a hold of you, shake you, and uh, yeah. eventually you came to understand the gospel, to embrace salvation by faith. And that so changed your life now that you want to share that with others and you're using what you thought would be 
your main purpose in life to get money, to get right. rich, um, and, and, you know, by fixing people's teeth. And now you're using that as a tool to reach right. other people for God. And uh, that that's amazing to me how God prepared you for that the entire time. Right. And you had no right. idea, no idea, but no. God and his sovereignty was leading and directing. Yeah. You know, I, I tell people all God wants is a surrendered life. Yeah. You don't have to know what the next step is. Right. Just surrender your life to the Lord and, and then hold on because he's going to just use you in amazing ways. But you have to take that first step. Yeah. I believe just surrender your life. Tell the Lord, whatever it is, I'll do it. And so, yeah. So you're, you're, you're already, yeah. you're, your your the desire you already had the knowledge you already had now he had to build upon that we had to add the most important part of that which you didn't know at that point the 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 final piece of the puzzle um but it it's it's amazes me and not just your story but others about how god uses these little things that they had no idea and so as you guys are watching this you got you know maybe your desire isn't to be a missionary or to be um a pastor or whatever but you have a desire for uh aviation or construction or a thousand other things whether it's sports or anything and god can use that in ways you can't even fathom right now that's right that's um, right yeah. but if you're a person who has submitted your life to christ and you're 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 asking him to use you God may not, you know, radically change your direction, but use what you've already got and the desires you already have and magnify that in a way that advances the kingdom in ways we can't imagine. Right. Yeah. No, God has a plan for each one of our lives. And my verse that I, you know, God really um, uh, touched me with was Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. God had a plan for my life. And I had my plan for my life, but I was messing that up big time. Um, but God's plan is so much better. And I'm just so thankful that, uh, you know, that he has allowed my wife and I to do this now for almost 27 years. So, um very thankful for that but that first starts with that that moment where you've got to submit yourself to christ you've got to recognize right. your own sin and right. realize that the only way your life is ever going to amount to anything is exactly. to embrace the gospel to understand that it's god's work that needs to be advanced not your own right and that's a, that's a that's a huge that's a humbling experience it is it is, yeah. No, worth, worth, worth I can remember month. the first time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I was working in the nursing homes when I was saved, and I was almost embarrassed, you know, that I was a Christian at that time, and and um, you know, I just really had a hard time uh, letting that out and 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 really serve the Lord there. And I remember one time that I told one of the administrators of the nursing home that I wanted to I wanted to teach the Bible in their nursing home. And I thought they were going to laugh at me, but they said, oh, that is very good. You want to start right away. You know, I mean, it was just for me, it was just 
Really? You want me to do it right away? I was thinking maybe six months from now or something, you know, but I mean, you know, we just have to be willing and God will enable us to do whatever it is he wants us to do. Thank you, Dr. Mitchell, for allowing us to air this, not only in our classroom, but here on the Basic Bible Podcast, where it goes literally across the world, even in places uh, I never would have guessed. We've got one listener in Iran. So if you're listening in Iran, um, more power to you. God bless you, and thank you for listening. I'm not sure how you're able to listen in Iran, but uh, it's interesting listening to or or watching these statistics that come in through uh, our podcast host. But anyway, uh, our recommended resource, I'm going to send you to uh, the Gospel Fellowship Association. That's the ministry that um, sends Dr. Mitchell out and many other Mitchells. Uh, many other Mitchells. Good night. Many other missionaries. If I were a good podcaster, I'd edit all that out, but I'm going to keep it in. So uh, you can learn more about him. You can read about his bio there, Dr. Mitchell, and uh, learn about many great uh, missionaries that are sent out by the GFA as well. So until next week, oh yeah, don't forget to check out our website, www.basicbiblepodcast.org and uh, check us out on Facebook, check us out on Instagram, check us out on X, the former Twitter. We're on threads as well. But join the Facebook group. And um, yeah, so now I'll see you next week. <laughs>